Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You are watching a master at work. Welcome to NFL Trend Zone. I am your host, Dustin Baker. I am here from, excuse me, I am here from FranchiseTag.com, and I bring with me from that website, Wes Johnson and Jason Bowen. Uh, We stop by once a week to talk about all of the week's NFL topics. Uh, This week, we're going to do some draft fallout on the AFC East and the NFC East. Um, Then we're going to pivot into a conversation about the schedule that was released, and we'll go through all of the week one games and try to tie in some parallels, storylines, and exciting things about those contests. Uh, But first, we will talk about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. For example, in the the NBA right now, the Nets are the front runner to win the NBA championship, followed by the Los Angeles Lakers, then the Los Angeles Clippers, and then the Utah Jazz. Um, Those round out your, your top four with the Nets at the top and the Jazz on the, quote, bottom of the bottom of the four. So slide on over to BetOnline to check out some of the NBA odds. BetOnline has you covered for all of the news, score, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. So we're going to do more draft stuff tonight. It'll probably be our final draft episode. Um, We've had about a month straight of them. Um, We'd be remissed if we didn't talk about the Rogers stuff um, a little bit more. Um, there's some dealings in Packer land, but nothing too gigantic on Rogers. Personally, we'll kind of go through the first week of the NFL schedule and give some knee jerk impressions, maybe some storylines that come to mind. And then we'll round out talking about uh, Tim Tebow and some Bronco stuff, Juwan James. Uh, but yeah, for the draft recap, we want to specialize in actually, we might do this for a couple more weeks and we talk about division by division. So we're going to focus on the East's which is the NFC East and the AFC East uh, West, which team from the AFC East had a solid draft in your estimation? I would say the Miami Dolphins. Uh, They were obviously loaded with picks. I believe it was two firsts, two seconds, and two thirds. And I really think they knocked it out of the park. Um, They added uh, playmaking wide receiver, uh, some defensive ends, uh, safety, and Javon Holland. Uh, I, I think they stacked up and and are ready to uh, make a push in the AFC East. Fair enough. Um, so I don't think that there was a bad class in the AFC East. So when I tried to look at who was the most solid, I was like, yeah, they're all pretty good. So when we get to that, I won't have much to opine. So I'm going to try to have it both ways, though. Uh, because I don't love the fact that Mac Jones ended up going 15 in the grand scheme of things because he was such a second rounder up until what, six, seven, eight weeks before the draft. So I don't love the fact that his stock magically got high for no good reason. However, I trust him to succeed with Belichick. So I give the Patriots the benefit of the doubt in nurturing Jones. And then after that, they did excellent for the next two picks with Barmore who in a lot of drafts could have been a top 15, top 20 dude. If we don't, uh, you know, ignore three texts, like we, we kind of tend to now. Right. And then uh, let's see who was the other one that they, they snagged their, who's the third pick in their class. 
Uh, boy, there was one more that I like. Was it Ronnie Perkins, the the edge rusher? Yes. Uh, he was he was uh, marinating there for my favorite team, who needs an edge rusher, and I thought that that's might be who they got. Uh, but no, the Patriots scooped him, and uh, we should always give our disclaimer that even though we hold we hold the Patriots nationally in this high regard because they've won so many Super Bowls, they're usually not very good drafters. And we have this weird uh, connotation that we're like, oh, what's Belichick going to do? He's really going to nail this draft. And they usually don't. They usually do all of their magic through Brady, A, and then undrafted stuff, B. Uh, But I do like their draft um, because it feels like with all the free agents they brought in, too, that they're poised to strike back in in the way that they can. I just don't know if they have enough talent to do that. What do you you think – in terms of the Patriots with, with that uh, 15th pick and Mac Jones, do you, how much pull do you think um, McDaniels hasn't had in that choice? I mean, do you, cause I mean, they, let's face it. They haven't really been in a position like this to where a draft drafting a quarterback has been necessary, yeah. sort of speak. I mean, I guess they did um, a Probably. few years ago with, with, well, yeah, with Garoppolo, I guess. But what uh, round did he go in? It was a mid rounder, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and then Stidham, but but I mean, like, or do you think Belichick? How much? How much well, uh, input I, does he gather? Do you think? I this and this is just speculation. I have no proof of this. I don't think his personality allows for a lot of uh, like. Here's what I would do, Bill. But <laughs> yeah. uh, we do know that McDaniel's <laughs> has turned down jobs probably because he has a, a backroom deal that you'll be the successor. Um, so, but I, I, I don't think that, you know, McDaniels would come to Belichick and say, Hey, I want to do this. And Belichick's like, screw off. But I'm pretty sure that uh, Belichick would make the final say. Uh, so I think it would be a collaborative effort and uh, yeah, Jones uh, could succeed. He just doesn't really have that. Um, you know, what we're looking for these days, the dual threat, he's kind of a throwback but, to like a man. But he does. Style. Yeah, right. Exactly. But he mm-hmm. does have what, Belichick yeah. is looking yeah. for that. Right. Yeah. And that's so, why I, that's why I named him off as I, I I like the way that they draft because I, I'm not enamored with Mac Jones. If he would have got picked by the Vikings, I would have rolled my eyes. But with Belichick, <laughs> I trust it because the proof's in the yeah. pudding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh let's see here. Uh the next thing that we have um would be questionable drafts. So I'm going to be largely silent here because I guess the only thing you could do to be nitpicky was that the Jets traded up to get a guard, which is, you know, by the playbook, usually not a smart decision because you can wait to get guards. But if, hey, if they're absolutely enamored with Elijah Vera Tucker, all the power to them, uh, that certainly doesn't make their draft a questionable one. But if you if you go down there, the, the Patriots look like they know what they're doing. If you believe in Mac Jones, uh, the Dolphins West are already uh, listed as a team that did well. Um, and then the Bills, they got those two edge rushers. And the Jets have their quarterback of the future. I don't see any uh, naysayers in uh, this AFC East for the draft. Yeah, yeah, no, and I, but I actually like that uh, the trade up for that guard, actually, Barry okay. Tucker. I, I don't don't ask me why, um, but you know what? Is he he's going to go next to to Becton? Yeah. yeah, I mean, so that's. I mean, I, I see the vision there. I mean, if but yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know. I, I thought that. I thought they did well there. I yeah, mean, they. I know. In the grand scheme of things, they probably will, and Vera Tucker will turn out to be a stud because you know he was supposed to go to the Vikings in every mock draft, so therefore he will be good elsewhere. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it goes. But uh, just like like if you separate 
who they got and who traded, usually uh, a general member shouldn't be in the business of trading up for guards. They should either fall organically yeah. <laughs> or you get them in the second or third round. But hey, maybe I, I, I'm not a scout. Maybe Vera Tucker is just flat out money. Um, Wes, was there any others in this division that I guess I'm a little too high on? Uh, I mean, for me, New England, outside of the the first three, um, I, I know as we get later in the, the draft, the picks kind of become lottery tickets. You don't know what you're going to get. But uh, in the fourth round, New England took a running back, and they're already pretty stockpiled at running backs. I, I don't really see that as a necessary need. I don't think he offers any special teams contribution either. So <laughs> yeah, um, that's probably yeah. one of a Belichickian pick that, like I just right. said, like we're like, well, if Belichick picked him, that means he knows what he's doing. But no, that's not necessarily <laughs> true, at least for the draft. Uh, he likes to trade his uh, later picks too, like two years later. Yeah, 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 just uh, kick it down the road in a good way. <laughs> yeah, but so-and-so acquires safety from Patriots. He was a second-round pick at one point. <laughs> you always hear things like that. Yeah, oh, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, let's see, value picks. Um, I like the fact that <clears throat> the Bills got Gregory Rousseau, and um, that's because he was, depending on the week, he was mock-drafted as high as about... 13, 14, 15, 16. And uh, he ended up falling all the way to the bottom of the first round. And he seems like he'll he'll be pretty good um, from University of Miami. So that would be my value pick because a lot of Mott drafts thought he'd be in the mid-first round. What do you got, Wes? Uh, I've got the Bills as well with uh, Boogie Basham in the second, another defensive oh, end. Yeah, who... You do like him, don't you? Yeah, yeah and, he, he, and that guy made the name list too. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one other that Buffalo picked up in the undrafted market. Uh, Elijah Griffin, a defensive back from USC. Um, I like that pickup. Uh, it's actually, he's Warren G's son. So, oh, it is? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The, la- the last name makes sense then. Yeah. How did yeah, I, how did I, I went an entire draft cycle. I didn't know that. And Ward G's <laughs> one of my, my dudes from my childhood. Yeah, I saw that, uh, that little special that they had. I don't know if it was on NFL network or ESPN, but you know, when, did you see that Wes? I didn't. Um, I saw a little, uh, articles, you know, yeah, no, it was a word article that somebody from ESPN, I think had, had put up on their website and, yeah, he's a really, really humble kid. I mean, you know, it was an interview with both him and, uh, you know, obviously Warren G and uh, talking about their their grassroots, where they came from and just how proud that that he is of him. And and uh, yeah, it was it was neat. Nice. Yeah, I can't believe I didn't know that. Shame on me. I guess I'm too bogged down in Viking stuff or something. Yeah. It, it, marries, it marries both worlds for me. Uh, rap music from the 90s and rap music in general. And then uh, NFL, my dumbass didn't know that. Yeah, well, I still remember vividly when you pulled back up and up to the trailer in uh, 2000, <laughs> 2013 in the Lexus. Uh, no, it was the uh, the Monte Carlo. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were jamming out to Warren G. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, I, I, I walked the walk there. Uh, yeah, man. It was actually uh, the funny thing about Warren G. So my, my uh, first 
CD that I ever bought was the chronic and I had to buy that under like, you know, secrecy. And then I had to hide it in my room because it had weed leaves all over it. And there's no <laughs> way that my parents would have understood why like their nine year old had that. <laughs> and so, yeah, imagine you're, imagine you're like my daughter's 10. If she just had like a, like now I'd be cool about it. Cause I lived it. But if it was totally unbeknownst, I'd be like, do you even know what this is? Uh, it's a maple so, leaf. Yeah, so so Dre and then of course Dre and Snoop got me into Warren G because that wasn't too long after, like a year, year and a half, where uh, okay. he and Nate Dog crept up. But the reason Warren G is so special to me is because it's like the first rap music that my mom thought was good. So we'd put on this DJ or regulate, and then come on the radio, and radio was usually still edited back then, and she would sing along to it because regulate was sampled from a song that she grew up with uh, with Michael right. McDonald. And so that it kind of vindicated like, hey, this is actually good music. You know, my mom thinks this song is cool. And, uh, you know, I've never looked back. Even the Warren G stuff that nobody liked. I still bought the album like the like the I shot the sheriff remake. The, <laughs> yeah, I got all I had all the Warren G stuff. So that's yeah, why that's, I'm embarrassed. I don't know. His son was drafted. <laughs> this, is, this has nothing to do with anything. But you talking about your mom and, and that album. I, uh, I I made my mom buy me buy me Onyx back the fuck up. And then <laughs> and then I made and I, then I made her lit, play it while we were driving home from Sioux Falls back in 1991. So that was nice. Oh, I bet you. <laughs> that you was have, awful. You didn't have any shame. <laughs> oh God, give yeah, I was full of shame. Yeah. Oh, I bet you. Uh, yeah. Just you know, I mean, a few years a few years later, I found alcohol that took care of the shame. So. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, you just drink it away. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That. Thank God for a better solution today. <laughs> Wes, did you have any uh, reaches in the AFC East before we sw- uh, switch over to the NFC East? Uh, just the running back for New England. Oh, that was uh, the one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's a rehashing for me because although I don't fundamentally disagree with what Jason says, pairing AVT with Becton, um, I've always, you know, gosh, since I've studied the draft and football, um, trading up that fa- that far nine spots you should usually be doing it for an impact player like a playmaker um but maybe maybe i need to shed that philosophy um but i'll st- i'll stand by that for the purposes of this exercise what about a tackle though is that no, no, unheard ta- of no tackle you do it because uh it's a generally more of a staple of an offensive line than a yeah. guard would be. Now there are always examples Anthony Munoz and those dudes Steve Hutchinson that are you know transcendent effing dudes um but yeah no left tackle uh, i don't apply that philosophy that i would wouldn't trade the farm for a left tackle um but yeah if 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 my team traded up to get one i'd be like okay cool but for a guard i'd be like yeah i don't know what was tony mandrich what what do you mean was he a tackle or a guard i believe yeah i wasn't i just I, I don't know why I thought of that, but I think <laughs> no, I, wasn't he, he taken with the, like the number one. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. It's not immune that they would go uh, that high. Like there's certainly like I, I've I said all draft cycle that Sewell in a normal year based on non quarterback uh, thirst Sewell should be a top three pick. So it's yeah, certainly yeah. it's certainly not O-line hate coming from me, but to trade up to get a guard just seems a little bit backward. Yeah, we, we shall see uh, on paper team that improved the most um the bills didn't have a whole lot of room to improve um so i think they stayed status quo i can't give the scepter to the jets yet 
because uh, I'll believe it when I see it. Although yeah. I do, I drew trust uh, Salé a lot more than I have these last seven dudes they've hired. So uh, that <laughs> leaves me with the Patriots. Uh, I think they certainly improve, but that's just because they spent the war chest on that first uh, 48 hours of free agency. Every damn thing that came to my phone said, you know, pa- Patriots are signing this dude. And I think that uh, Belichick was e- eternally pissed that they <laughs> they missed out on the fun, and then Brady just waltzed down to Florida and was like, "Yeah, we're gonna win one, and you're not." So uh, Belichick's <laughs> not. Be, Belichick's be not. Yo, oh, yeah, and I think this is this was you know him doing the Empire Strikes Back that he's going to spend money, and we're gonna draft Mac Jones, and we're gonna do the best that we can uh, to compete because I'm pretty sure sh- I'm certain he hated that feeling you know just look at his face you tell that he can't stand that type of stuff especially when it's brady who's sticking it to him oh yeah oh yeah man he's got to be just so mad (laughs) mad um but wow brady though never ceases to amaze me that guy (laughs) yeah and uh i uh you start to wonder when will he actually step away i mean is he really going to go for another five years uh Hmm. I, I gave you this speech, Wes, when we first started this show, that uh, when he did that thing where he held up four f- fingers because he thought it was uh, fourth down upcoming and they lost to the Bears, I think it was, and it looked right. like he was finally sh- uh, slowing down. All he did was have a bad game. And like right. we've done time and time before, we announced that this is the end of Brady. He's getting old. <laughs> and, and then uh, every time they do it. We declare them dead. They come out of life support and then they go into the playoffs and usually win the Super Bowl. Uh, so I, I'm done thinking like, well, maybe this is it. And I, I'm, I'm usually safeguarded. I don't come out and say like, well, maybe, but I start to think it. And I definitely thought it midseason last year because there wasn't a single point in time of that entire football season that anybody thought the Bucks were the best team in football. And they just found a way to do it. They had like this perfect 22-man gig on 11 side 11 players on offense 11 on defense and voila uh they want a super bowl so i am done forecasting when brady's going to slow down because i'm convinced he'll just go until like he tears an acl and he can't come back right and there's going to be nobody ever that beats him in rings ever (laughs) ever yeah Yeah, i mean parody man yeah i uh I would, and he'll forever go down as better than even no matter how good Patrick Mahomes gets either too. Cause Brady's already got him. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I going into that super bowl. I felt like I felt slimy trying to pick between Mahomes and Brady because how on <laughs> earth can I pick against boy wonder when it seems like everything is set up for him to sit on the throne but am I really going to be the dumbass that picks against Brady? Uh, and it felt like an impossible decision. So I'm glad I just kind of waffled and didn't really commit because it, <laughs> yeah, it was nasty. All right, let's switch over to the NFC East with that same uh, parameters. Uh, this is another one that I think you'd be hard pressed to find a bad draft uh, in yeah. terms of a questionable one. So I'm going to stick with uh, in terms of a solid draft within the NFC East. I am doubling down on what I said last week on the Cowboys. Uh, although the other three did well. But what I loved about the Cowboys uh, draft, I don't like them, is the fact that they looked at their stats, they looked at their depth chart, and they said, we had a shitty year on defense. And then the first four picks, I believe, was all defense. And I love that black and white thinking. That's how I would approach the business. Uh, You know, looking around like, well, boy, what do we need? Should we go out and get CD Lamb's, you know, equivalent like they did last year? No, they they didn't get cute. They just picked all defense because their defense sucked. And uh, I like the way that they they did that. 
Uh, what about you for a solid draft class? Um, I'm assuming you're not picking the Cowboys. I want to interrupt for just a second to talk about sunglasses. If you can believe that. Yes, sunglasses. Uh, I go through a lot of those out of forgetfulness. I'll lose them or leave them places. Uh, I've got two young children at home, so they break them. They break their own, so on and so forth. Uh, so let's talk about Kanan sunglasses. That's K-A-E-N-O-N. It's time to make your outdoor experiences better with Kanan. Kanan sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with Japanese optics that make their lenses clearer, lighter, and stronger, and Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. Use the exclusive code K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-15, KananCast15, at Kanan.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-15. Kanan, clearly better. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I thought that the NFC East actually, they they all did quite well, especially in the in the first round. I think each team really nailed it. I I was I was surprised in Gettleman. I mean, his yeah. what didn't he? I think that dude traded back like three times. Yeah, I think he <laughs> I think he earned his wings during this yeah. draft. I yeah. Wow, I mean. We uh, we were sour on him for trading Odell and then sour on him for not long after drafting Daniel Jones when he could have got him way the hell down the draft. Um, but now when you look at what the, the long-term vision is, which we should have done to begin with, it may not be as, uh, you know, loony bin material as it, as we thought it was. So I think... Uh, I think there was that tweet or that stat that said that he had never traded back. And he was like, well, then I'm going to show you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he right. started trading back like a madman. <laughs> All right. So uh, Jason said the Cowboys he was impressed by and that there wasn't a single bad draft in the NFC East. And he is correct. Unless you want to prove us wrong, Wes. No, I, I think everybody had a solid draft in the NFC East. Um yeah, I, I can't really think of one team that, you know. Then who was your favorite for on paper anyway? Favorite on paper was Dallas. They oh they you like them restock. too. Oh yeah. I thought that last week. Did you say you were just pleasantly surprised by Washington in the draft? Yeah, Washington okay. as well. I, I think adding uh, Jamin Davis uh, to that defense for uh, Ron Rivera. I think three of their first four picks were on the defensive side, so. They just continue to get stronger. Um, biggest question marks at quarterback, uh, unless Fitzmagic can do it again. Or is he the, is he the unquestioned starter as of right now? He is, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Man, man, that's he, he's the guy that always is on the roster, and it doesn't matter who you got at your starter. You know, Fitz is getting in there. Yeah, somehow or another. Yep. Yeah, it's like uh, bad magic for the guy that's in front of him. Uh, it always happens, and, and we recognized it, Jason. You and I, like five years ago. Yeah, he, it, he did. He did do the start. He he was the consistent starter at New uh, for the Jets for a couple of years, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He always tricks them into thinking that he can be the guy, and then he 
kind of turns back into a pumpkin a little bit and it happens right. at every stop. And so, <laughs> so he, he quite frankly is the best backup quarterback in football. He, he, he comes in, he mesmerizes you. He looks really cool. And then, <laughs> and then you're like, all right, well, this is it. And now what is he? 39 or something like that. Remember that yeah. Scott, he came out, <laughs> looked like Carter, uh, Connor McGregor. Yeah. Well, and that, that solidified him in the that mind of youngsters. Awesome. Yeah. That he was, that he was awesome. So yeah, this, this feels weird that he will um, get the unadulterated starting gig because I don't know if Taylor Heineke or um, is there one more that it would be on the depth chart? Um, but it, it uh, does. Kyle Allen, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that guy. But it does feel <laughs> like the least forward-thinking solution at the quarterback position in the NFL because they don't have a guy to groom. Um, not to say that they're fools for not getting one. Maybe they have somebody they're locking on for uh, the next draft, or maybe they have some back uh, backdoor conversation with Rodgers. I don't know, but if your favorite team was sitting there with Fitzpatrick as the starting solution and nobody on the bench to groom, you'd probably be like, hey, hey what's the plan here? Yeah. But because right. Fitzpatrick is cool, I think we get a he gets a pass or they, <laughs> they get a pass. I don't know. <laughs> well, I do know that there was a lot of uh, rumblings um, uh, with Deshaun Watson. So, you know, nobody really knows what's happening there. Obviously, not nothing will happen for a while. But you know, if they you never know if they still think that there's a there's a way that 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 can still happen. Um, you know, hey, you know, I don't know how many teams are still maybe thinking. Yeah, Deshaun. It's interestingly, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Wes. That ordeal has gone oddly silent for like two weeks. Yeah, it's almost as if the parties got together and said, shut up, shut up. We'll figure something out. I don't know, because <laughs> it was the talk of the town and maybe the Rogers stuff just kicked it the hell out of the news cycle. Uh, but it got really quiet. Yeah, I did. Yeah. With that and the draft. Um, yeah. I mean, the NFL is king of uh, the Friday news dump. Um, I remember Mike Florio with Pro Football Talk would often write about it, how um the nfl would dump bad news on a friday and it would get lost in the weekend shuffle and by the time monday came around it was a footnote just um, like politics huh yep yeah that's exactly how, that's how uh, presidential administrations like by the playbook do it like all of yep. them whether you love them or hate them that's what they do they put out the bad stuff like friday at 6 p.m yep it's strategic yeah. <laughs> it's it's it, it yeah you're right it, it has gone quiet but i you gotta think um in order to trade for him, you'd have to have a complete washing away of any guilt, because if there's a, a some semblance of guilt, then you're going to reduce the trade value. Yeah. Uh, that's where it gets really dicey. And it's completely lost on most folks that still care about his situation that, hey, by the way, he doesn't want to play for the Texans. Yeah, yeah. Well, that yeah, that's just it. Obviously, the, the legal stuff has to has to get figured out, um, you know. For, and it's it's really interesting because who knows what could happen with this. This stuff could take years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's it's hard to say because he, he hasn't been tried. Um, but I'm not going to say that women just collectively to the tune of 24 folks made this up. So it's it's hard to speculate uh, because uh, indeed, if he if he didn't do anything. Uh, then he should be able to pursue his craft. But do we really think that he just flat out is being persecuted? 
Yeah, well, right. I know that there's a couple couple of them that that were approved exactly that, you know, but that doesn't that's a couple out of 22, yeah. right? So, um, yeah, you know, and then right now it's just dealing with civil, but I mean, if there's going to be criminal and then that, yeah. I mean, that stuff's not going to take forever. So, I mean, I wouldn't suggest or neither did I advocate that that, but I do know that Washington was in the mix for that pretty heavy when when it when it was still clean. Yeah. Yeah, and that makes sense because it's really the one team. If you when you start to look at everything after the draft, now you know the, the Bears were the other one, uh, but they got it figured out. Fields. It's the one team that you're like. So what's the long term plan? Nobody knows. Uh, so we'll have to figure out when they address it. So let's run through the rest of these so we can get on to <clears throat> the week one schedule stuff. Uh, the value pick I think is Micah Parsons. I know that some antics drove him down a little bit and maybe the the scramble for getting quarterbacks brought his stock down too <clears throat> but him uh arguably was a a top 10 talent and he fell a little bit outside uh to the Cowboys because the Broncos snatched up their guy certain uh do you have uh, another high value pick from that division sir Wes yeah um Dayami Brown Washington wide receiver um there was rumblings he could go early in the second and I think he fell either towards the back end of the second or into the first part of the third round. Um, but big body wide receiver that should help Washington out on the outside and free up um, scary Terry a little bit. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, and then on uh, a reach, <clears throat> you're gonna have to tell me that I'm wrong because I think that I am. Um, Jameen Davis, the one you said that you liked, he only got, in my opinion, hot and sexy for, you know, middle first round, uh, caliber player towards the very end. Uh, so that was my knee jerk reaction when on draft night was to say like, God, how did that guy fly up the board so quickly here in the last week? Uh, I would say he's a reach, but that's because I studied the whole draft cycle. Um, was he, did he sky rocket up the board for good reason? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. He, um, I think he had a good um, pre-draft, pre-draft workout. I'm not certain if he was at the Senior Bowl or not. Um, obviously, he's going to a defensive-minded head coach. Um, kind of a trust the process in that one. That um, you know they know what they're doing. Um, kind of see what happens, I guess. <laughs> Uh, on paper for divisional improvement for the NFC East, uh, I think it has to go to the Giants um, because they're doing exactly what the Broncos did. They're giving everything Daniel Jones needs to succeed, just as the Broncos are doing that for Locke. They went out and got uh, Galladay, and then they drafted that Tony dude, maybe a little bit high, um, mm-hmm. but they've got in Rudolph now, who who's a clutch pass catcher. Uh, they I think of Ingram too, don't they? Yeah. Yep. So they have, yeah, they have absolutely everything on offense that a young quarterback needs and he needs to take his third year step. Um, Normally when dudes take that third year step, building off the campaign from one, one, two, they're here to stay. Uh, It's rare that a guy is good in like year three and then just sucks thereafter. Jameis Winston is a little bit of an exception. Um, Right but he might be marred by just one nasty season with the bucks. So I, I like the way it, the giants, at least in terms of improvement did their business. And I think Gettleman is slowly changing his uh, reputation. Not that, not that it was absolutely tarnished, but I thought 
Uh, it was it was one that I often started to link them with the Raiders a little bit. The Daniel Jones pick, get rid of their best player, OBJ. Uh, I'm starting to see the vision a little bit with them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, same for Dallas. Uh, I think uh, for Dallas, you know, they obviously have the offensive weapons. Um, Dak coming back from injury. Um, it was the defensive side that was holding them back. And, you know, they obviously – uh, loaded up in the draft on young defensive talent. Um, oh, they got uh, Jabril Cox in the fourth round. He's another linebacker that should uh, be good for them as well. Yeah, so, I love that pick. Yeah, I love yeah. that pick. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He's money, and uh, he's another one that slid too far down the board. And I uh, enjoy what you're saying, Wes, because <clears throat> last year I I picked the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Denver Broncos to reach the Super Bowl in my preseason prediction uh, because I really thought Locke would take off in year two. And of course I didn't know about the Sutton injury and all that, but I had the Cowboys and the Bucks at the NFC championship because I believed in them. I look back and now I thank God that I didn't pick the Cowboys and the Broncos to get the Super Bowl. Cause I would look like a complete turd. Um, <laughs> but I got it half right. Uh, so uh, I do believe in the Cowboys and it, it was puzzling to me why their defense was so bad last year, because in 2019 2018 they weren't known for that so i don't know if it was injuries or what but they were suddenly garbage and they weren't in years prior yep all right let's that's a nice segue we got the cowboys on the brain so we're gonna go through the first or we're gonna go through week one of the schedule and try to point out some storylines or some interesting things about each matchup uh, really testing your your brains here whatever you guys want to contribute is fine i know you didn't study for this the the schedule just came out Gosh, two, two, three hours ago. So the first matchup is the Dallas Cowboys at the Super Bowl champion Tom Brady-led Buccaneers. I'm here to announce that that game will be an absolute ratings bonanza. It'll be a full stadium because A, it's in Florida, and it probably would have been full to begin with. And B, um, I, I believe that by September, um, the coronavirus and the vaccinations, I think we're going to be as good as we can possibly get. Everybody, uh, Joe Biden and folks have made this vaccine distributed to anybody that wants to get one. And now we have to get back to living our lives because it really can't be any different. The game changer was always going to be the vaccine. It's here and uh, it's up to folks to get them. So I believe that we won't have any uh, cap limits on how many dudes, how many gals can come into the stands. I think this will be a full stadium uh, and that's down the board. Um, And for those two reasons, the fact that it's America's team versus Brady in prime time, people are football starved and a full stadium. I think it's going to be an absolute home run of a ratings matchup. Yep. Is that a uh, Thursday game? Yep. The very, that, yep. That, it kicks things off. Yep. Oh yeah. That'll be a good one. And a healthy Dak, you know, it'd yeah, be nice we, to see him back. Right. Yeah, it will. That was, uh, I'll eternally feel bad for him because the whole reason he wanted his deal was to avoid what happened. Oh, man. Yeah, we didn't know that he could have snapped his leg. Alex Smith and never hear from him again. And he would have been screwed. Um, But that's the whole reason that Cowboys were trying to be standoffish is because they wanted to wait and see, you know, can this dude really, really do this for us? So happy they took care of him. Yeah, they did the right thing in the end. It just took way too long. Um, Wes, anything on that matchup or should we move on to the next one? Uh, No, I mean, it's it should be a lights out matchup. Um, Like you said, America's team. Um, should be a ratings bonanza, uh, to kick off, you know, what's hopefully a good solid weekend. All right. The next, uh, 
necessarily the next one, but on my ESPN screen here, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles led by Jalen Hurts at the apparently Matt Ryan still led Falcons. Kyle Pitts get his first action. So Eagles at Falcons at noon uh, central time on that Sunday. Anything interesting stand out about that? I'm excited to see the rookie rookie pass catchers mm-hmm. and obviously Pitts, and I think he's going to, Oh man, I think he's going to shine, but you know, he's got a, he's got a veteran and Ryan tossing him the ball and you know, they, they, they make it look pretty easy when they're passing the ball and they got, they're fully healthy. So that'll be fun. Um, and you'd like to see Devante see how well he can do, but you know, hurts. We don't know yet about him. So I think it's going to be a pretty lopsided event there. Yeah, Hurts, uh, he looks cool while he's out there. That's about all I can say about him. Yeah. He, isn't, he isn't overly accurate yet, but hey, he's, he was a rookie. You can't expect those dudes to look at Josh Allen his first year. Yep. Yeah, yeah. uh, so, yeah, uh, if, if you have an opinion about Jalen Hurts that's negative, uh, it's probably way too soon to announce that. Uh, that's just my personal take on him. Uh, let's see. This will probably be probably be the uh, first Falcons game in a very long time without Julio Jones. Um, I think that's the common perception right now. Am I wrong, Wes? You know what? That's also quieted down. Yeah. Um, obviously, a lot of these potential moves can't happen until uh, next month, uh, the beginning of next month. Um, the chatter for Julio Jones and Aaron Rodgers will probably um, – you'll probably see an uptick because the, the cap hit would get spread over in the next two years. Um, so yeah, he very, very well might not be there. Um, I think this game, you're going to see a lot of offense. I don't think that either team (laughs) has too much on the defensive side. So another thing, another thing, um, and maybe this is directly correlated with what I'm about to say and what you said, uh, if you look at power rankings, which I know to an extent are really silly right now because they're just a bunch of people's opinions. The Eagles are way the hell down there. Uh, like just pull up random power rankings tomorrow when you guys are bored. They're like down there at 30. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what? Uh, I know that they aren't that special, but to me, I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, probably about 20, 21 or something. But no, they're right down there with the Texans and Lions. And huh. the national punditry isn't high on them. And uh, just like I say pretty often in the show, I love it. I don't like the Eagles. And it doesn't bother me at all that their uh, stock is low. Uh, The next game is the Steelers at the Bills. I'm going to predict out of the gate, this is an upset. I don't know what the line is, but the Steelers will win that game. I think that they will uh, come out with some swagger. I'm not saying the Bills are overrated, uh, but now the Bills kind of, you know, believe in themselves that they are the rulers of the East, and I think the Steelers will punch them in the mouth. I don't see it. (laughs) I I don't see it either. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) We'll remember oh, it. We'll bookmark it. May twelfth. Mr. Baker said it. Yeah, they uh, the Steelers, Steelers get a Steelers get a field goal. That's it. Ugh, they wow. still have question marks along the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Ben's at least the philosophy last year was drop back and throw uh, 40, 50 times a game. Which, if they continue that trend, I mean, it's it's not going to go well for them. <laughs> have been doing that for years yeah 50 60 times Roethlisberger that's all they do is pass right yeah <laughs> and it's usually not uh, the way that you know historical sealer football is but yeah uh he's made a namesake on doing that and uh well yeah I uh 
I'll stay, I'll stand by it. And uh, I just, it's one of those games that I see and I'm like, ah, yeah, I don't know. I, I still trust Mike Tomlin. And Where's that one at again? It's in Buffalo. So I am, oh. you know, certifiably crazy, uh, <laughs> but I'm sticking by it. I like uh, it. I like it. The next yeah, I know. is the, uh, the LSU battle, uh, the Vikings at Joe Burrow's Bengals. You'll have three prominent LSU personalities and Justin Jefferson. Uh, which one did they get? Jalen Waddle. No, uh, uh, Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase, yep, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, and uh, and then the Bengals also have Riley Reef from the Vikings who went their free agency. Uh, the mm-hmm. Vikings are favoring this by two and a half, and I don't necessarily have a prediction. You guys can probably figure out who I who I think will win. Um, but I'm trying to look at this one. Is this one sexy at all from a, an objective national perspective, or is this just Vikings at Bengals? Oh, I think it should be. Yeah, yeah. oh, for sure. Um, you know, there's a lot of, I think that the bank, I mean, I think that, I think that the Vikings are going to, are going to win at least 12 games this year. Um, but, uh, the Bengals, I mean, Burrow, I mean, that, that guy, I don't know if collecting cards has anything to do with anything, but his cards are hot. People want to see Burrow. Yeah. Are they you know, the, they're the cream of the crop for the, uh, the 2020 editions. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know if it has any, but I mean, let's face it. He was good. I mean, he did really well. Um, he's got a lot of hype and hopefully he can live up to it and adding yeah. that wide receiver should, should help. And I think the Vikings, uh, ran into some, some injury luck, uh, not, not luck, but bad luck. Yep. Bad luck last year. So I think, that, I expect yeah. a big year for them. So I think I think it'll be a great game to watch. Yeah, with the Bengals. So his injury, you can, you know, cast that aside from about to say they were passing the ball way too much for a rookie quarterback. Like for the way you want to acclimate um a young passer, you don't want to ha- come up, have him throw 50, 55 times a game. And that's what they were doing. And yeah, I right. I don't know if that's because they, they got far behind so quickly, but you have Joe Mixon there and you had that uh, Giovanni Bernard, you know, as RB two. So I'm thinking with uh, some of the things they've uh, fixed a little bit on the offensive line, they do a little bit more balance because usually rearing back and throwing it with a young quarterback who's not named Patrick Mahomes isn't wise. You like to work them in. Yeah. 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 All right. The next one is uh, I think this was the most lopsided line uh, when I checked them, San Francisco, at Detroit, and I believe out of the gate, the 49ers are favored by a touchdown. That will probably be Garoppolo versus Goff. Dudes that should be very familiar with each other. Uh, <laughs> and this one will be in Detroit, where, Jason, you have visited before. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts from either of you on this one, or this just be a rollover by the Niners? Should be a rollover. Um, obviously... Uh, week one under a new head coach, they could get a little testy. So, uh, I mean, Detroit might, you know, come out and bite their ankles off like <laughs> Dan Campbell wants them to do. Um, but I believe uh, San Francisco has Super Bowl aspirations. So um, they'll probably come in prepared and not let this one get away. All right. We got to motor through the rest of these. There's a bunch and we only have about. 10, 15 minutes. Uh, Arizona Cardinals at Tennessee Titans. Jason, any thoughts on Cardinals at Titans? Oh, I mean, I think, God, that's good. That, this this might be the one of the better matchups of the week. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. I don't. It, it, 
I'd have to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with uh, with Arizona. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I tweeted this yesterday or two days ago that I'm surprised that uh, there's not as much Cardinals hype, but um, based on the fact that they got these splashy names and Murray, Watt, Hopkins, Chandler Jones, Simmons, Buda Baker, uh, most power rankings are just kind of have them as meh, like 15, 16, and I'm like, what am I missing? Um, I guess they have to prove it. Uh, it's it's not enough to be on paper. Uh, yeah, so that one will be probably the best interconference matchup. Let's look here towards the bottom of the list. Um, next, we have Seattle at Indianapolis, the beginning of the Wentz era, the continuation of the Russell Wilson era against all odds, and they didn't really do anything to fix his grievances. Uh, Wes, what do you like? Seahawks at Colts. What are you looking for in that matchup? Um, I like the Colts in that one. Uh, they'll be at home. Uh, their defense is is stacked. Um, I mean, there's always chance for some Russell Wilson magic, but uh, I think the the Colts start their their journey off on the right foot and uh, take it to the Seahawks. That'll be a big deal too if Wins can get that W out of the gate, and get him some confidence. It's going to be a bigger deal though if he can't. <laughs> right. I mean, he just sucks. He's, yeah. Yeah, he's the he's the type of guy that if he doesn't anything but getting off to a good start for him could be could be mentally catastrophic yeah that's not a sign of a good quarterback too so if if he can't then he doesn't deserve but they're stuck with him for a while yeah and and the expectations he's never had higher expectations than he does right now no all the all the chips are slid over in his direction like kind of for the first time because get big contract you know if anybody's going to fix you it's it's your it's your old coach now you get a franchise of your own because philly cast you away it's a lot of weight on his shoulders but he's a large man we'll see if he can figure it out the next one is the chargers at the washington football team oh let's see is there any storylines here no not really there's nothing too sexy about that matchup i can't think of one thing that's like oh yeah look for this when you watch for that well herbert against uh against a good defense yeah against uh one of two of the or one of the best tandems of edge rushers and chase young young edge rushers and montez sweat um but yeah there's not a whole lot of parallels in that game that uh, some of these matchups might have so let's go on to (laughs) <laughs> this one has them. Uh, the Jets at the Panthers. I didn't even know this. Uh, I didn't Sam see Sam Darnold. Bowl. Yeah, that's the Sam Darnold Bowl week one. I wonder if they did it on purpose. <laughs> did, did you? Hey, it did seems you see, like it sometimes. Did you guys see what Bridgewater said today? <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Like out of character. Usually he's such a solid dude. Yeah, <laughs> he did like the Trump thing where he's like, I'm not going to say this, but now I'm going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What did he all say again? I, I saw it. But oh, I yeah. Really? He well, <laughs> he came out and said, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff that Joe Brady can probably work on. I'm not going to get into that. For instance, uh, <laughs> we don't practice the red zone drills. We don't pa- practice two minute drills. Like he, he gave up trade secrets about <laughs> Panthers. And then at the end, he was like, but I'm above the fray and all that. And that's not really what I get into. <laughs> right. yeah, basically bashed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was like, I, like with any pro or anti Trump stuff aside, that's exactly from the Trump playbook. What's well, what yeah. he would use. Like when he had that debate with Hillary Clinton, he said like, you know, I'm not going to bring all of Bill Clinton's accusers with me here tonight to these, this debate. And then he showed up with them. (laughs) He'd always say like, there's stuff that I could say right now, kind of like this, but I'm not going to say it. (laughs) So anyhow, that was weird. 
good old Teddy. Yeah, <laughs> a very out of character. He, he you can tell that he's salty about the entire. Said that from the bowels of Invesco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I completely forgot that he's com- totally committed to another team. On top of it, all just you know, flinging... over, in, over in Denver talking shit. Yeah, just flinging darts <laughs> at the old squad. Uh, all right, so that one, that one. There's no other way to build that one. It's Sam Darnold Bowl and. Um, I don't know if he has a killer instinct in him to prove it to the Jets, uh, but it'll certainly be cool to see the Jets past versus the Jets future. Uh, and, and Zach Wilson's rolling out there, obviously, yeah. week one. And uh, yeah, so yeah, that might uh, that be a good one. Yeah, um, yeah. That, that one will be exciting to keep an uh, eye on. Uh, the next one is garbage, uh, except for Lawrence's debut. Jaguars at Texans. Oh man, yeah, definitely uh, the worst one of the week. Yeah, I uh, I'm not a big Urban Meyer guy. He's one of those one of those few coaches that I I see him on T and my nerves just fly. I'm like, oh, he's talking again. <laughs> like he has this mindset because he was the alleged king, you know, or at least uh, right below Saban in college football that he's gonna dance in an NFL and it's going to work for him. I don't buy it. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I just have this thing with certain people that when I see them, I'm just like, I don't even want to listen. To It'll be interesting to see what they do with Lawrence because uh, the Texans defense is pretty putrid. So, I mean, to, to come out against a team like that as as Lawrence, you know, with the with the expectations that he has, I'm, you know, you'd like to almost see him get get at least three touchdowns. Yeah, that would. Yeah, yeah. that should be the well, it's hard to say that should be the the standard, but. Definitely achievable. Uh, let's see. The three o'clock hour brings us the Cleveland Browns at the Kansas City Chiefs. I'd like to mention that four or five years ago, this game would have been a laugher, but now it's considered cream of the crop because of what Stefanski has done with the Browns out there. Uh, yeah, this game looks absolutely like must see television. Oh yeah, Definitely. yeah, and I, yeah, and I think, and I, and I thought this last year too. I think the Browns are designed um, pretty well to be able to to compete. Yeah, with the with the with the Chiefs, um, if they would have had the opportunity to meet them last year in the playoffs, I think that they would have been able to hold their own. Yeah, I think I think we've got to the point that uh, after maybe even after a year, year and a half, that the Browns no longer have to be considered a Cinderella story. I think right. that they arrived last year, and when we were talking last week on this show about perfect Rogers destinations. And I talked about how a balanced Denver was. I couldn't think of one, um, a team that was just as balanced, but I decided uh, Cleveland is one of them in terms of roster from top to bottom. If for some reason Rogers went there, he won't, he'd fit in well there because they are very balanced just as the Broncos are. Um, Miami dolphins at new England Patriots, a uh, division battle right out of the gate here. Anybody. Ooh, uh, <laughs> New England gets a home matchup to open the season. Uh, that should benefit them. Um, I, I think the Dolphins have something to prove this year, though. So um, I'm going to go with the Dolphins on this one. Okay. Uh, it's always worth mentioning, too, and I've always found this fascinating, that when it's the inverse, whether Brady's there or not, when New England goes to Miami, they always struggle. Mm-hmm. It's something about, and this is back in the days when Miami was a laughing stock, which wasn't too long ago. Uh, for some reason, and it's nothing to do with cold weather or anything, when the Patriots travel down to Miami, uh, this is a home game for them. But on the inverse, it's very weird that that happens. Uh, let's see the second to last three o'clock hour game. I always say that for the Central Time Zone folks. That's my bad. It's so ingrained. Uh, <laughs> would have been a matchup 
Three weeks ago, no, no, no. Three months ago, that would be like, ooh. But now it's like, ugh. Packers at Saints. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, this one could be Blake Bortles versus Jameis Winston. It could be Jordan Love versus Taysom Hill. Um, <laughs> it could be Rodgers versus Winston. Um, but yeah, this is like a proverbial NFC championship matchup like from every year uh, that you would speculate from years past. And now it kind of feels like, yuck. I am interested, very interested, actually. And I've been saying this for the last several months and even during the even during the, the season last year that I I, I want to see Jameis under Sean Payton. Yep. Yeah. We've I never seen that, anything different outside of a couple injuries uh, yeah. from, from it's always been breeze. And therefore, we think that Peyton is a mastermind, which he probably is offensively. Uh, but now we get to see him do it with somebody who's not a generational dude. Yeah, well, um, just think, though, if you're Peyton, you got to be almost assuming he is the offensive mastermind that we think he is. Mm-hmm. You got to be thinking that he's got to be just giddy that he can open up the playbook. He's got a guy that can <laughs> sling it down the field. Yeah, um, you know, and, and he did got I mean, he did throw the ball all over the place that year in Tampa, even though I mean, he obviously threw a lot of picks too, but yeah. 5,000 plus yards isn't no small feat. No, no, yeah. no. I think, uh, I think he's just like Wentz. If he's going to, if he's going to continue on as a QB one, this will be the year to prove it. Um, he's, he'll have a offensive coach renowned for squeezing the best out of all players. And this will be the prove it year for Winston. And if not, then they'll probably draft somebody or let's see. No, they didn't. I thought that they did for a second. I was thinking that they might. All right. Uh, this one, the one you've been waiting for, Jason, the Denver Broncos at the New York Giants. This is the battle of the two quarterbacks that I, I say are in the exact same boat. Year three, they got to prove something. What do you think about this matchup from your team? Oh, well, I mean, I'd, I'd like to think that they'd win 35-14, but we all know that that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, I think it'll be a close one. Um, you know, I, uh, I've been got so accustomed to Denver not being able to produce points with the exception of a few games over the last five years that until they actually go out there and do it, yeah, I, I can't have expectations anymore. So <laughs> I just can't just not allowed to. Yeah, I hear you. We'll see the upstart giants offense against the, uh, Broncos offense that may or may not have Aaron Rodgers there. Uh, that'll play out. Wes, what say yeah. you about Sunday night football? The Bears, probably with Andy Dalton at the Rams, a familiar face and Matt Stafford. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say the Rams, they open their, well, they opened their stadium last year, but they opened in front of fans this year. Um, that's why both the Sunday night football and the Monday night football matchups are what they are. Yeah. Um, I believe they open it in front of fans with a victory against the Bears. Uh, I think it'll be a short leash uh, for Andy Dalton. You'll probably see him till week five or week six, and then he'll probably get uh, pulled for fields is, is my prediction on, on the bear season. Anyway. Yeah. And they'll be chanting for that early on, unless they do something and surprises and win these first couple ones out of the gate. Yeah. You got to better believe they're going to be chanting for that after the <laughs> second game. If, if, <laughs> if uh, Dalton, you know, doesn't do, you know, if he's not tossing three to four touchdowns, you know, every, yeah. they're going to clamor for him. 
Yeah, and he won't do that. It's just not what he does. No, nope. right. The Bears don't do that on the whole. Uh, maybe they will with Fields. I hope not, but maybe they will. Uh, and the last one um, before we hop off air is Monday Night Football. I don't know why they picked this game. To me, it's blah. Uh, it's not horrible, but it's blah. Baltimore at Las Vegas. Uh, yep, they want to give the Raiders their their first uh, big moment with people in the stands in Las Vegas. So all the power to them. Uh, but for me, this one, they could have found a lot better Monday night games. Uh, but we will get to see Lamar versus Gruden. Um, but other than that, uh, let's see. Is this the, this could be the unique and Gonkway Bowl. Uh, that's, that's about <laughs> the only thing that I got for uh, for parallels there. Um, I'll certainly watch it. I'll be so football starved by then that I'll watch any one of these that I can. Um, but yeah, in, t- in terms of winning that, uh, Ravens will probably figure out a way. Um, but yeah. I, I don't, it just seems like a blase Monday night game. But. Well, you won't be watching Denver on primetime this year. <laughs> yeah. Is it only one game? None. Zero? Zero. No, they have one. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Thursday nighter, but <laughs> <laughs> well, what if they fina- switch that around if Rogers gets there, they'll have to figure out something creative. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's just a bad. They need to look in the mirror and say, what did we do wrong, man? Schedules can flex starting week five this year. That's so. So I have two parting points in that. It's cool, but then it kind of screws with what you're trying to do from a babysitting perspective when you're lining up options for your kids, because I go to all the Vikings games at home. And if if, if for some reason the Vikings are all good and we get flexed, I'm going to have to find babysitters that can do overnights (laughs) rather than the, the easy daytime ones. Yeah, that's my soapbox. Uh, let's <laughs> I think that's all we got. Anything humongous that you wanted to mention real quick? We're, we're hitting that hour mark. No, the, I, I think we covered it all. Um, we could probably talk some more on the schedule next yeah. week a little bit. But yeah. Yeah. Anything from you, Mr. Bolin? No, we could touch on Tim Tebow and Juwan yeah. James next <laughs> week. Let's let's do the whole podcast on uh, Juwan James. <laughs> yeah, we'll ju- we'll just mute while you like you know. And another thing about that, yeah. we'll uh, know a whole heck of a lot about the guy. <laughs> and that's not good when you're paying him forty something million. You know, uh, fifty four. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's all we got for tonight from NFL Trend Zone. Peace. All right, adios. Later, gentlemen. You are watching a master at work. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.